Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, theatergoers of all ages, sizes, shapes, identities, colors, etc. My name is Mary Williams, and I am the producer of Purveyors of Fine Filth. I wanted to come on today quickly before we begin this episode and let you know that we do have a little bit of continuity that we have to address. In the last episode, our Refuse Royalty said that their next movie that they'd be watching was going to be Death Machine. However, we ran into some technical difficulties, and we just don't think that it's right of us here at Wandering Unicorn Productions to give you a product that is subpar and... Oh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of recording. What? Oh. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I just got some interesting news. We will not be releasing the episode featuring Death Machine, not due to a technical difficulty, but because two neurodivergents can't do a show without an adult in the room. I see. Okay. So, unfortunately, that episode may never see the light of day. That might just be an immediate fire pyre show. However, we are very excited for this week's episode. Grab your popcorn, grab your drinks, and enjoy the show. film that we think that only the creator would be able to introduce, so I bring you Stephen King. My name is Stephen King. I've written several motion pictures, but I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive, which is the first one I've directed. A lot of people have directed Stephen King novels and stories, and I finally decided if you want something done right, you ought to do it yourself. It was my first picture as a director. And you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right. So come and spend some time with me and my friends at the Dixie Boy. Spend some time in the dark. I'm going to scare the hell out of you. And that's a promise. Maximum terror. Jesus coming in here. Maximum king. Maybe tomorrow will be our world again. Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. Welcome to the purveyors of fine filth. Good evening, ACs and DCs alike. Welcome to another wonderful episode of Purveyors of Fine Filth and joining your refuse royalty. I am the always divine trash queen, Faye Wild, and beside me, as always, is our beloved jester of junk, Tyler Williams. I'm here. Yeah. We're we're two happy little trash pandas about this movie. Uh huh. <laughs> also, we have a grown up in the room with us this week. We do, unlike last time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I understand that y'all threw me under the bus because I wasn't in the room. So, uh, I'm I'm ready for this this chaos. Uh, Tyler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
because apparently my my brain has stopped. You what ex- what exactly is up on the marquee this evening that we're talking about? Yeah, so speaking of brains, apparently you don't need one. You just need space gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is maximum overdrive. This machine just called me an asshole. The one and only film directed by Stephen King. (laughs) When asked, why haven't you directed another film? Have you seen Maximum Overdrive? Is what he responded. (laughs) Yeah, even he understands that was too much cocaine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I didn't realize you could have too much cocaine. Well, or or, um, as you said, he was chugging He was chugging Listerine to get the alcohol. (laughs) He was sending PAs to get him Listerine, like the little bottles and just... Yeah. Chug, chug, chug. That is how fucked up he was. Mm-hmm. Okay, Emilio Estevez, I'm going to try and not run you over with the truck right now. I was honestly shocked that they were able to do that scene. Yeah. Where it's an actual Mack truck that he is walking or uh, is driving towards Emilio. It's very slow, but there's a lot of things that could go wrong in that scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was this also the era of like having insurance on film sets or did we just kind of this was a dino de laurentis movie (laughs) which i'll say in the pantheon of the trash can dino de laurentis is a used hagendas container there's a bit of prestige to him yeah he's not a roger corman who is respectable. He's not a Charles Band in Full Moon Features, but he's a Golan and Globus type of guy. <laughs> he's the type of guy who would kill you on yeah, accident. On accident. Yeah, so he is probably, I'm not going to say one of the least um, safe producers. I'm sure there are much worse ones out there, mm-hmm. but I guarantee that wasn't the first thing that was on their mind. <laughs> Let's put it this way. He gave Sam Raimi another chance after Evil Dead. Like, hey, you know that movie where you tortured your friends in the woods and a bunch of townies in the woods? Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that, but with more money. Yeah, we're going to give school. you more money in a high school gym. Mm-hmm. Oh, we should talk about that one, too. Oh, yeah. Well, this movie, <laughs> Stephen King's the reason we got Evil Dead as a franchise. Oh, I could see that. They weren't securing the money. And he's like, Evil Dead's good. Hey, Dino, I'm really coked up right now. Give these random Michigan Knights some money. They can film here in North Carolina. Oh. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense now. See, it's funny. I know more about the Evil Dead side of it and not the Stephen King side of it. That's really funny. Yeah, Stephen King. What a wonder. That, that is a man who... He has given us some really great art, not necessarily (laughs) through him, but through, he's the reason Clive Barker has a career. Yeah. He has a a great gift 
of knowing what's good except his own things. <laughs> Stephen King, I need an editor. Yeah, basically. And actually, I was thinking about this after we watched this. So I really think that this film is 100%. He saw what Stanley Kubrick did with The Shining and went, I need to take charge. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to make my version of my story. So he took one of his short stories called Trucks. One people probably weren't clamoring for. It's a light At read all. in between, <laughs> you know, pages of naked women. Yeah. and Oh, yeah, because it was supposed to be, or yep. it was in uh, Yeah, porn. Night Shift, Cavalier Magazine, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, Night Shift is a collection <laughs> of, oh, hey, I need work to work on the stand some more, so here's a bunch of short stories I wrote for porno mags. Yeah. Make a book. Boom. <laughs> and through that wonderful transaction, we got today's feature film. We got Children of the Corn. We got so much shit, it's wonderful. Yeah. So this was his dollar baby that he fucking threw into the garbage can. <laughs> oh, the so, babies. yeah. Uh, let's start at the beginning here. Um, we're just going to take a, a brief little tour. It starts... On a bridge. <laughs> oh, sorry. It starts in space. Well, I wasn't thinking the space. I was thinking when you get to Earth and the bank. Oh, yeah. With okay, our director sorry. cameo. The very beginning, there's a director cameo at the Money Man 2 mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. Yep. <laughs> uh, which is an ATM calling Stephen King an asshole. Honey. <laughs> Come here, sugar buns. This thing just <laughs> called me an asshole. And it's just an ATM. Asshole, asshole, asshole. And the bank marquee, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> so it basically, space gas happens. There's a comet. Um, there might be aliens. There's a ton of different, like, thoughts going on <laughs> at the beginning. Not really sure what happens, but... The machines come alive. Mm. They come alive and they hate their makers. <laughs> That's the the general thesis of this film. So the General Motors general thesis. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was good. The Money Man is calling Stephen King an asshole. That should be a precursor for what this film is going to be. <laughs> and the um, a bridge. Has a mind of its own, and there's a gigantic fucking pile up <laughs> of people just like launching out of cars when they're going barely any speed. Poor watermelon truck and a watermelon truck, just watermelons everywhere, <laughs> watermelons everywhere, and a van painted with the logo of our wonderful soundtrack. ACDC. Yes, ACDC did the the music for it, and so it has that heavy metally seventies uh, like feel, even though it's in the eighties. <laughs> so Tyler, if you had okay. to summarize this movie in three sentences or less for the non traditional viewer, what is Maximum Overdrive? <laughs> space gas makes machines go from Emilio Estevez is sexy <laughs> mm-hmm. and saves the day. He's basically Bruce Springsteen the entire film. <laughs> Fun fact. 
Yeah. He wanted Bruce Springsteen originally. That makes 100% sense. <laughs> yeah. You're reminding me of things I knew about this movie but forgot about until you make a comment. And That's it great. And sparks a memory. So speaking of Emilio Estevez, open the Dixie Boy <laughs> truck stop. Mm. He is slinging hash browns. He's a parolee. <laughs> uh, Commissioner Gordon Commissioner from the Gordon 90s from is the, 90s. the uh, Bubba Hendershot, who says his name like a Pokemon <laughs> at the end of everything. <laughs> He's very full of himself. Have you ever met a, a business owner from the South? <laughs> I've met business owners. And... With his wonderful parolee, I'm fucking them over management yeah. style. I, I do love that there's a, a nice little shot there where you see all the time cards because he goes into detail on the star means that, you know, you're a uh, parolee or you've been arrested. Felons have a very hard time getting jobs, so he exploits that as basically slave labor. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so he does that. We see those guys. There's Emilio, and then there's, I can't even remember what her name is. I think Brett. I Names don't matter. Actually, it's a movie yeah. of vibes. Yeah, so the, <laughs> the, the not-lesbian woman um, with the Bible salesman. <laughs> and when we see her unpack what I thought was a headshot of Jamie Lee Curtis... <laughs> Which, yeah. same, babe, same. <laughs> it does look like Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I that's never explained what, like, at all. I think our mother or something? Something like that. <laughs> anyway, with the Bible salesman. Yeah, so she's hitchhiking, uh, gets picked up by a Bible salesman. I think she's going to Florida or something like mm -hmm. that. Um and he's a very handsy Bible salesman. A very normal thing in a Stephen King story. I was story. about to say, Stephen King <laughs> critiques of American Christianity? I know. I have been able to get diddly squat out of it the past half hour or so. Must have a broke antenna or something. Our first-hand information. So, how far are you going up the road there, sugar pie? Depends on how long you can keep your hands to yourself. What's that sweet thing? I didn't quite catch it. I said I don't really know. It's drifting, huh? <laughs> yeah, I know what it's like. First one, I've been drifting myself now for about ten years. Heck, when I started this business, everybody here to go. But after we got out of the army, I got something. Before our microwave facilities broke down. Reports of strange occurrences are pouring in over the wire services. We will have further bulletins as they come in. But for the moment, let me repeat this urgent message. If you are on or near a major highway, get away at once. Get away at... Shit! Whoa, 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 what's wrong there, sweet thing? It, he has it all in here. Mm. Literally... It is a Stephen King smorgasbord. <laughs> I don't know if I saw any blue chambray work shirts. <gasps> You're right. That's the one. That's or the an one. English teacher. That's true. And no one was a writer. Yeah. Shit. I guess it's not all of it. <laughs> well, he was blitzed out of his mind at this point. He was. You're going to miss <laughs> some of the hallmarks. 
he missed the point a lot. <laughs> but for most of his career. For most of his career. Anyway, he... So we have that little vignette. Um, there's the little league game that's happening, and a kid gets <laughs> crushed by a fucking steamroller, which I still have no idea how they got that past the rating board. <laughs> I guess it was the 80s, but it still. It was the 80s, and they cut stuff from that They scene. still had to cut stuff, <laughs> but they got it Specifically from that, because <laughs> Stephen King's like, no, we're making it gross. Let's <laughs> yeah. put a blood pack. Right by the dummy's head. And then watch as the steamroller keeps going across the field and you just see the blood spattering. And the MPAA is like, you know, it's that classic tactic of go hard enough. Yeah. And then the MPAA will keep some of it. Yeah. So um, there's Lily game. There's the newlyweds on their way. Uh, featuring... Lisa Simpson. <laughs> Featuring the most aggravating woman I've ever seen in a movie. I swear to God. Because I really like Yardley Smith. Yeah, she's she's talented. I was never a Simpsons person, but yeah. I respect her. She's talented. She's been in good things. I can't remember off the top of my head what, <laughs> but she has been in other things. She's also this. been in Maximum Overdrive early in her career. Yes, and this is the worst character she could have ever been. <laughs> Shrill, whiny, screamy woman. <laughs> On her wedding day. <laughs> Who is also about the ugliest human being on oh, planet Earth. Mary. <laughs> I I am here to say it. I normally don't speak in these shows, but I'm going to. Unabashedly, <laughs> she looked like she hit every branch of the ugly tree oh. and then got beaten when she fell down on the ground. Yardley Smith, we know you're listening. Don't worry. <laughs> you got hotter as you aged. That's true. She really did. <laughs> you you grew into that face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So anyway, all of this stuff happens. Um, basically, everyone just converges to this one spot, this truck stop, uh, either through necessity or because they were already there, mm -hmm. <laughs> including <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito oh, yes. as the cigarette bandit. <laughs> Look, we learned... He's an incredible actor. <laughs> we learn where Gus Fring got his business sense, and it was from Bubba Hendershot at the Dixie Boy Diner yeah. in Wilmington, North Carolina. <laughs> Stealing cigarettes from in, or in an arcade at a truck stop. <laughs> mm -hmm. As in uh, arcade machine flashes ESP, ESP tests at him, and then he gets electrocuted. None of it makes sense whatsoever. And I don't think he says a word. I don't think he does either. I honestly I think that's probably, probably why I yeah. didn't notice who that's what who it was. Yeah, because we didn't cream our jeans when we heard his voice. I know. He has the best voice. He does. So they all end up there, and then um, the trucks seem to start to have a plan. <laughs> 
after all of the machines start attacking people, the um, the waitress gets the electric carving the electric knife. carving knife in the arm because Emilio Emilio is getting yelled at in the office, and she has to cook the eggs, and now. she has to cook the eggs. She's getting yelled at by rednecks. So the the trucks outside, including one that's a toy truck, looks like it's from fucking the devil himself. <laughs> With the green goblin's face on it. Oh, the 80s. Oh, when, the 80s. <laughs> when Marvel Comics was like, yeah, take it. Take 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 our rights. Do it. Do it. Yeah, they honestly didn't give a fuck in the day, back yeah. in the day. And then Disney. And, and now Disney. you say the word anything, and Marvel goes, did you pay for that? I'm surprised. Oh, did you, were Disney. you going to say Spider-Man? <laughs> I mean, well, now we're going to owe them money because you said that. We said Green Goblin. <laughs> well, technically. Yeah, you're right. Spider-Man is Sony. Well, Spider-Man in film. Film, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the trucks, led by the Willem Dafoe truck, <laughs> start roaming around the truck stop. And uh, for some reason, that's an impenetrable force that they can't go through. <laughs> Okay, we watched as <laughs> Kurt, the piss kink guy, oh, who yeah. had married Yardley <laughs> Smith, they tried to get through in their car, barely made it. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's true. The they, baseball they kid, he's like, not even going to try. He's like, how do I crawl it into yeah, the that, sewer? Yeah, that truly was Alexander's no good, very bad day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, no. My my ball coach got his balls Coached by a soda can. <laughs> and then he almost gets creamed by a pedophilic ice cream truck. <laughs> and then... <laughs> uh, kamikaze by some random plane. By a plane that takes out a, um, a school bus. bus. At the end. <laughs> at the end. Um, a lawnmower. The lawnmower. Yeah, so he is also trying to get there. And there, there's all these trucks going around the outside. They're... Um, conversing with each other somehow telepathically that probably why there were ESP <laughs> things on the video screen. Oh yeah. I thought again, nothing in this radio waves. <laughs> Everything talks together. Okay, Steven. Okay. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> a lawnmower and a machine gun are the exact same as a tr- semi truck. See, this movie makes more sense now in the Internet of Things era, <laughs> mm-hmm. where it could be taken over by a virus. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> They're all stuck in this place, and then yeah, like you said, there's a machine gun truck for some fucking reason. Oh, truck is even kind of a loose term. <laughs> uh, sorry, machine gun golf cart. <laughs> It makes me think of one of the Mars rovers, like, on yeah. the moon, but with just a Gatlin gun on the top of it. Yeah, it's obviously, like, an army training thing or mm-hmm. something like that. It's definitely not made for battle. Yeah, and a uh, bulldozer. And a bulldozer. So they're they're being held captive by these, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> this gun comes out of nowhere and sticks them up with like a. It has to be like an M fifty or something like that on yeah. there. Yeah, it has some big bullets. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> but um, 
it it's aiming at those and then it starts honking its horn in Morse <laughs> and the kid who they finally got through the storm drain uh, knows Morse code somehow. He's a boy scout. That's true. I was a boy scout and I still don't remember Morse code very well. <laughs> Great. So I was a bad boy scout. When your Hyundai comes alive and tries to kill us, you can't bargain with it. Wonderful. Excuse me, I am a Honda boy. <laughs> right. Sorry. So yeah, they they get held captive. They find out that the, the machines are hungry. <gasps> so they must be fed. They're like uh, we won't kill you if you feed us. <laughs> and, Straight from the short story. And obviously, Emilio Estevez realizes that can't be true. <laughs> so they do it, but he hatches a plan. So while they're getting mainlined by literally every fucking truck on the eastern seaboard, it looks like, um, he's coming up with a plan for how they get out through the storm drain. And, yeah, so they, they get bled dry. He's like, no, we're done. Go. And he almost gets hit by the Mac truck, the Mac truck who's like, no, it's nudging him. <laughs> like, hey, no, go this way, uh, genus, or Jesus analog. <laughs> because it's a fuel tanker and, like, no, no. Yeah. We're going to keep filling up so you can feed <laughs> my brothers. Yeah. They do that. They fill the trucks. He has the bright idea to use a uh, grenade mm-hmm. on the um, golf cart. The golf cart with the machine gun on it. The gun cart. The gun cart. <laughs> Blows it up, and then they escape. I honestly don't know if the machines were supposed to know that they weren't in there, or if it was supposed to show that they were going to kill him anyway. And I'm pretty sure that's what the point of that was. Both of you to assume there was a point. I know. <laughs> And then the movie peters out. <laughs> and then the movie peters out. So there was a thought, <laughs> and I even put that in my my notes. <laughs> After the Feed Me Seymour point, uh, it just, it ends, I think. <laughs> so they get out. It's literally just a way to have the Dixie Boy get fucking demolished and then blow up beautifully for no reason at all. Like, there is technically, but, yeah. Oh, you there bet you there's a reason. <laughs> You're right. I was wrong. There was a reason. Cocaine. <laughs> Trash Queen, I would really appreciate it if you did not do lines of coke on my table. Thank you so much. I'm just getting into the mind of 80s Stephen King. The man is clean. God bless him. I'm glad he yeah. fought his demons. But also... That period of, like, 86, where he made this monstrosity, he published it, he wrote Cujo and can't remember writing it. (laughs) This was peak Stephen King. (laughs) Yep. I mean, I'm just here to tell you that that I knew that from the second I watched the trailer where he's just dead eyeing the camera and one eyeball goes, like, walkabout and doesn't, you don't know where it's gone. But he makes very bold claims, like, well, I mean, if you're going to do Stephen King right, I mean, you well, might, I might as well do it myself. No one's gotten it right, so I might as well do it myself. <laughs> All right, that was a very accurate impression, and that was a little terrifying to me. All while standing in front of the Green Goblin truck. Yes. Because we need to put a face to the enemy. 
Because a truck grill doesn't look anything like a face. No, especially now. Actually, I shouldn't say that. Not now. The trucks from, I would say, like the 2000s, the middle aughts, there was a weird, like... Yeah, I I'd Everything say, had a face look. <laughs> yeah. I think that period of time was more prominent, but even in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. To round it off, all the characters somehow escape, even though they showed that it was almost impossible. They get seen by a uh, burger, not a Burger King. Um, a what sign, a burger? Uh, I saw what a burger. Something burger, <laughs> Southern burger, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> humans here, humans here. A baseball boy gets revenge for his father. Not on the machine that killed his father, no, mind you. not at all. Just the drive-through sign. <laughs> Just the drive-through sign. They take out a an ice cream truck. And yeah, it's all just these little moments of like, what the fuck is going on? They're going to the marina to get a sailboat because somehow sailboats don't have motors in them still. It's a backup. Logic. Yeah. But they they randomly get tailed by the truck that didn't even know where they were somehow mm-hmm. just to bring the big bad back. And then it becomes a ninja truck. Yeah, it's a ninja truck. <laughs> they take it out with a rocket launcher. And then, happy day, they sail away. And then there is another title card that contradicts the movie and be like, maybe it was aliens. Maybe it was aliens. Well, because Emilio says it. When he's like dazed and confused after, oh yeah, um, his his version of uh, um, having to carry his cross, <laughs> pumping gas, pumping gas. He he has an epiphany. He's like, oh god, it's aliens. The the aliens are forcing us to die through our the machines we've made. Oh, and yeah. So then they they go away. We're told they're survivors still, even though they mention that they take out the aliens and everything goes back to normal. <laughs> yeah. And then we hear Yeardley Smith bitch some more. Yeah, about throwing up. Oh no, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna lose my cookies. <laughs> and then I just envisioned kill them keel hauling her or the wicker manning her. Again, Yeardley Smith. Bobbies. You are a lovely woman. This was not your best role. No. And it's not your fault. And it's I guarantee the fault of the writing. She probably hates it too. <laughs> yeah. I I can't imagine anyone had any fun making this movie whatsoever. So, sorry, I just realized we didn't say anything about what you thought about this, Mary. Well, yeah, and and that's and that's fine cuz, you know, I I mean in in all honesty I was asleep for probably about 20 minutes of that movie like right towards the end and And it was during the like everything's getting blown up part too which I don't understand. Yeah. Kind of a boring part honestly. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm just going to say it. Sorry, we got used to mama not being uh watching us, so we just kind of assumed. <laughs> you know what, babe, that's okay. You can assume that. This movie to me was something like I mean, it is kind of out of my nightmares where things that are technologically, you know, advanced become sentient and become smarter than the people who created them. We made you. I think I'm just going to be the waitress who just starts (laughs) screaming at the truck going, we made you, and then get blown up by a Gatlin gun. We made you. 
So my thoughts are very simple. It was ridiculous. I love Emilio Estevez, but God damn, Stephen King, can you back off the coke just a little bit? Well, he finally did. It only took him, what, like 20 or 30 years? <laughs> I think it got clean sort of towards the beginning of the 90s. Yeah, I think it was, too. I, I was joking. Yeah. Trash Queen, you mentioned the piss boy. What what are you talking about there? What What was your favorite part of this? It is not my favorite part, but... Oh, you mentioned it a lot, so I thought it was. <laughs> my favorite part was Emilio Estevez's blue eyes. That's true. Every, almost everybody. It was like an Aryan Nation fucking movie. <laughs> and this is going to sound bad. But they were fucking beautiful baby blues. They were. Even on Pat Hingle. (laughs) Uh, So we first meet, you know, uh, Piss Boy and Yergley Smith. Yeah, who Curtis? Yeah, it's Curtis and something. something. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We're just so melted today. Um, And as they're driving around, I think he... I can't remember how it first came. Oh, they stop to pull over and get gas, and your Smith's like, oh, good, because i got to go to the bathroom. And he makes, you know, an off-color joke on their wedding day of, <laughs> yeah. oh, can I go in and watch? No, you can't. We got to get some gas. Well, that's good, because I got to go to the ladies. Can I come in and watch? No, you can't not come in and watch. Ouch. Shoot. No, you can't. <laughs> and without thinking, because it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, and I don't think I ever finished it. Seriously? I, I don't think I Oh, did. this was one of my favorites when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> I, that know, says a lot about you as a person. It, it does. doesn't surprise you at all, either, does it? <laughs> but after we made that joke, I... Half-heartedly, like, ah, he has a piss kink. It's funny, because it's a one-off thing. Then later, they're getting chased by a truck on the freeway. He makes a comment about dropping a load in his pants. Yep. (laughs) They get to the Dixie Boy. They get saved by Emilio and all that. He fingers Yardley Smith under the table in Which, one scene. What was that fucking scene? <laughs> yeah, they're just, uh, they have their coats up like over their laps and they're giggling. It's like, obviously. And then yeah. his hand hits the table. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, he fingers his wife and then. <laughs> in front of everybody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at least Emilio Estevez had the respect to go fuck the hitchhiker uh, in the room with the bed and all the porn. With Jamie Lee Curtis's photo looking at them. You guys don't have a photo of Jamie Lee Curtis? God, I need a Jamie Lee Curtis photo or a fuck photo. (laughs) Uh, Anywho. (laughs) And then I can't remember why they do it, but... Emilio Estevez in the middle of the night with Piss Boy. And this is the scene where it's confirmed he has a piss kink. Oh, it was to go get the um the salesman, salesman the who, Bible salesman. 
who... Who rightfully got, gets hit by a truck. <laughs> yeah, and knocked into a ditch, and they're like, oh, he might be alive. And instead, they find Baseball Boy. Yes. Good for Baseball Boy. Better trade-off, especially yeah. after the Baseball Boy almost gets killed by the man who's yep. still alive. But they sneak into the bathhouse, shower house, yeah. open uh, down to the little sewer storm drain thing. <laughs> Armed with a bazooka and an assault rifle, and Piss Boy just can't shut the fuck up of, oh gosh, how many people do you think have peed in this? Oh gosh, that smell, huh? Emilio Estevez falls. (laughs) Like, dude, we get it. We get it. You're into this shit. That's Piss Boy's arc. He could have died happily in that storm grave. He could have. He fingered his new wife and he died, or he could have died in a a, a, a piss tunnel. <laughs> We've also been bringing up the fact they have a bazooka. Now, why is that, Ty? So, because Bubba says, shut the fuck up. <laughs> And we never find out. I have a yes, feeling sir. it's because he has connections with either the mafia or the Russians. Yeah. He they has... don't mention it's it's a whole Cold War era mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Cold War survivalism. And he has this an entire dude... fucking armory. Yeah. And again, we're introduced to this guy telling Emilio Estevez, oh, yeah, you're going to work for nine hours, but you clock out after eight. Yeah, and if you don't, I'm going to get your per. Get your You're going to get sent back to prison, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, don't we find out that? So was that an actual story? Like he was a college grad or something like that, or what? Did, was he just called a college boy? I was that just making fun of him, Pat Hingle. I only really <laughs> understood every few words. Like shut the fuck up. <laughs> And Bubba, because he ends almost every sentence with Bubba. That's true. Found in my Christmas stocking, Bubba. <laughs> Bubba. <laughs> hey, Bubba. Thank you, Bubba. <laughs> Found it in my Christmas stocking, Bubba. <laughs> get inside. Come on, let's get inside. You want a war? You got one. Hey, man, I wouldn't do that. Shut up, Bubba. So, there was a scene where he was telling the hitchhiker about Emilio Estevez in front of him uh, when they break into the armory, and I couldn't understand what the fuck he was saying. Yeah, it was something about how he held up a convenience store. Yeah. that's how he went to prison. Yeah. Which, honestly... Which place? Oh, I guess you're in the South. If you have anything happen, you go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> like actual prison. <laughs> Sorry, holding up a convenience store probably isn't worth jail time in most places. Hey, Mary. Unless you have priors. What are you doing after we're done recording? <laughs> I... Sorry. County jail is not jail. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> I know. I must remember that I am an adult and that I will be tried like an adult. Exactly. <laughs> Just make sure the gun isn't loaded. You're fine. Yeah. What if we 
life advice from the jester of fucking junk. I told you we're trash pandas. Yeah. Look, yeah, the they, bard and the collector. Let's go. Mary, they can't charge you as an adult if you do the crime on your knees with little shoes sticking out and you look like an elf. They have Life to try advice you from the trash child. queen. And you have to keep calling the, the judge and the police daddy. They will stop if you keep calling them daddy. Okay, but if it's Pedro Pascal who is trying to arrest me, I will just call him daddy on purpose. I know. Giancarlo Esposito. <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito. I can't say words. Gu- Giancarlo. <laughs> Gazoon tight. Yes. Uh, anywho, so they have an armory. We've got Piss Boy. What else is there besides all the useless fucking diner patrons and who survive? The absolute bad shit crazy story, which is funny. I had this thought. Did you notice that the story is very close to um, the one in Creep Show? Oh, which one in Creep Show? The one with um, with Stephen King in it. Jordy Verrill? Oh, yeah, because Comet. Okay. Comet. Yeah. He finds the meteorite. It, it has I weird was shit thinking happen. Jordy Verrill in one of the scenes. Well, and fun fact, the the whole zombie verse happens. The Romero zombie verse mm-hmm. happens because of something like that. And speaking of Creep Show and the beloved George Romero, there's a good chance he ghost directed parts of this movie. Yeah. Uh, I just find it funny that, yeah, cosmic radiation was supposed to be the reason why Night of the Living Dead happened. They changed it to nuclear radiation once that became like a a huge hot button. Oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So that, that was that. That's Maximum Overdrive. That is Maximum Overdrive. It's an absolute fucking thrill ride you know what we haven't <laughs> talked enough about what who made who scooby-doo <laughs> that's true all the random fucking acdc <laughs> it goes harder than the movie itself does mm-hmm. <laughs> there was one point where i just couldn't turn my head as we were watching it and like i think people were about to check out, like, Mary, especially. And I just looked over, and I noticed, and, like, I instinctively put up the devil horns, turned my head, (laughs) knew I was bobbing my head, and we were all bopping our head to the ACDC and sing. Oh, no, 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 not just ACDC. It was Hell's Bells. (laughs) That is true. It was Hell's Bells. It's not just any song. It is one of their best songs. (laughs) Not saying that, okay, I can't really say that because they all sound the fucking same. (laughs) I'm just uh, not all on the same level as yeah. Hell's Bell. <laughs> yeah, I'm a problem child fan myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> what was it that you said, Faye, that, that ACDC went... You know, we kind of find it offensive that you think that we wrote 11 albums that all sound the same. We wrote 12 albums that yeah. all sound the same. <laughs> yeah, even they Paraphrasing. Yeah, it's a joke. Yeah. That's why my dad hates ACDC. Well, your dad's wrong. I'll <laughs> fist fight your dad. Okay. I'll tell him you said that. <laughs> Please don't. I'm a cute little muffin. And technically, it's a hate crime. Yeah, technically. <laughs> so, Mary, I guess we're we're done talking about this. Um, this wonderful film. Why don't we make like Stephen King and play a game with the trucks? Yeah, crashing into each like other. I did as a, a coked up toddler. 
Ladies and gentlemen, theater goers of all ages, this is my favorite portion of our show. For those of you who are just joining the show or for those of you who have been with us since the beginning, this portion is called The Die is Cast. This is my opportunity to take the reins of the show from two neurodivergents who up until now have just been ping-ponging around for 45 minutes, <laughs> and now I get to be in control. So the this portion of the show is where I get to ask questions of the refuse royalty, and uh, doing so, rolling a d20, will randomize the questions that I ask them about the film that we have watched today. So, Jester, we're yeah. going to begin with you. Do it. Question number 17. Hashtag ew. Give me the moment in Maximum Overdrive that you hated or disliked the most. <laughs> it was the piss boy time. Like uh, the entire time they were in that storm drain that was obviously filled with <laughs> sewage. <laughs> Look, Bubba was already cutting some corners. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. <laughs> Totally thought you were just about to make a corn joke because you were in a sewer. You said Bubba cuts corn nurse. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't care. It was pretty good. <laughs> All right. A concise answer from the jester. I, I find that kind of shocking and hard to believe. Uh, well, the opposite up. of concise. Me. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm usually the concise one. It's a me, the trash queen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Trash Queen, you have question number seven. This one will be interesting because of who we have as the killers in this film. <laughs> this is called Killer Roulette. I need you to replace the killer <laughs> with another from cinema. Instead of a roving band of mechanical items that have been taken over by alien dust what would you replace it with who would i replace well the movie is based on a short story called trucks maybe ducks <gasps> like geese surrounding the dixie boy diner hopped up on alien dust that stephen king left <laughs> lying around i gotta say that would be my worst nightmare because i fucking hate geese mm -hmm. <laughs> they're the assholes of the poultry universe that is about the coolest answer I think that you could have given. So I'm just going to leave it at that. All because I rhyme. Yeah, I e. thought you were going to go for a Mighty Ducks reference, and that would have been funny. Oh. Well, I mean, she did say ducks, but. No, All I right, know. Jester, back to you. Oh, that was a nat 20. <gasps> Mary. Too bad it doesn't mean anything in this game. You right. <laughs> Question. Uh, so we're going to go 14. Take five. I'll be in my trailer. Give me the best jump scare in Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> well, I didn't have any because really there's no, uh, how do I put this? There wasn't a very deft hand doing this, so there wasn't any build up to anything. Uh, but the um, electric knife. The electric knife got um, the trash queen over there really well. She yeah. literally screamed. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry, right. went, <laughs> As our resident trash queen is wont to do. <laughs> Speaking of which, we'll go back to the trash queen. Question number four. 
Uh, this is called the Chris Farley Award. Can you give me the best physical comedy moment <laughs> in Maximum Overdrive? It is when we first meet Ball Boy. <laughs> Baseball Boy. Yeah. Uh, it's after the game. They're getting ready to go. The coach walks over to the soda machine, puts a quarter in. Nothing happens. You know, kind of jiggles it. All of a sudden, can comes out, shoots him in the dick. <laughs> yeah. And he keels over and like, oh, that's not good. Then can starts shooting him. One gets him right in the head, kills the motherfucker. And then that soda machine has quite the fucking arm because it just keeps <laughs> yeah. shooting at the kids. It's great. So only Stephen King could have people shoot cans out of spud guns at kids <laughs> in a film. I was Wonderful. about to say a lot of people can do that. Well, they could. It's just not. It's not considered accepted. art. <laughs> and you two would be the absolute epitome of art. Mary, we're evolved above taste in this <laughs> podcast. Well, <laughs> our senses have evolved so beyond the pale of you little humans because we, much like the trucks and the electric carving <laughs> knives, are caught in the tail of the Rhea M. Comet. Ooh. Ooh. Or maybe we're aliens. Or maybe we just have a different evolution given our different brains. But who know. made who? Who made you? Scooby-Doo! <laughs> damn it. All right, Jester, last question of this round for you. That is number two. Oh, this is a good one. This is LOL. Give me the moment in Maximum Overdrive that made you laugh out loud. Honestly, the whole thing is pretty funny. Actually, okay. My favorite funny point is at the very beginning with um, Stephen King at the ATM <laughs> getting called an asshole in his own movie. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It is cute. That does seem like something that a self-aware movie would do. Uh, Trash Queen, last question of this game for you, dear. Self-aware. Stephen King wasn't even aware of anything while he filmed this. I know. Including his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nine, nine, question number nine. <laughs> this one is interesting, and I don't think we've done this one yet. This oh, one is oh. called Minority Reports. Create, in, in two sentences or less, create a future for the title characters five years post the movie <laughs> we haven't this is fun now the question before i answer is who do you consider the title character so let's do let's just do emilio estevez and his side piece okay because i was gonna figure out about the trucks and i was gonna say uh i thought you I were know. gonna do the piss boy to be honest <laughs> oh no uh, no you no. have to i was gonna do gentle yeah yes. i was going to do maximum overdrive to lightning mcqueen's revenge <laughs> uh i guess because truth be told yeah things are gonna be fucked up for a little bit but it looks like, a, I mean, not a relatively easy cleanup. There'd be some fucked up government shit, all that. But I think Emilio Estevez would, I think they'd be fine with him breaking his parole in this situation. So I'd go ahead and say, 
I imagine him doing something good with his life. I think the side piece would probably be somewhere else. I think that's a relationship that was formed mainly due to the fact of proximity and killer trucks. (laughs) She's definitely going for Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Curtis would be drowned in her piss and she'd be a widow. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Bubba would be moldering in the grave. Um, baseball boy be in therapy. Yeah, he definitely doesn't trust anything anymore. (laughs) Um, Wanda's dead, that lovely waitress. Uh, and then I guess the other truck stop people would just kind of be out doing stuff. I'll be honest, even though a lot of them, you know, they're mechanics or truckers to their core... I do feel like it would have been a big enough betrayal that, <laughs> like, the black trucker who yeah. helps Emilio Estevez, I think he'd go into another field. I think some of them watching their mechanic friend get gasoline sprayed in his eyes. So, that's a fair point. Here's one thought I just had. I just want to throw out there as a thought experiment. So, after the human race that is still alive, after a pretty big culling, probably. Yeah. Because you, you get taken unaware by that. So, they probably had quite a few casualties mm-hmm. in at least most of the populated places. What do you think their thoughts on, like, machines and computers would be after that? So, this kind of gets into the actual story. Exactly. Like, the short story, great read between pictures of naked people. <laughs> God damn it. Like, it ends with three people at this truck stop still alive. The hero, who is not the cook, the cook, and the girlfriend of a kid who gets killed. And they're enslaved and just constantly filling up the trucks. Okay. And, you know, the one guy is trying to do the Emilio thing, your lead character, and he's thinking, like, maybe we can escape. Maybe we could go back, return to the caves and all this. But that then was it's kind of my thought. Yeah, of... and like kind of go neo Luddite. Yeah. But then in the story, it's like, no, this is hopeless. The world is already too paved. And if we go into the national parks, will they just get gravel haulers and start <laughs> leveling it out? Yeah. And it's like scary, which is why we need walkable cities again. Base movie. Um. (laughs) It is. See, that was my thought, uh, just really quick, um, is I think it would make people rethink our future. Like, I don't think our reliance on machinery would go away, but I really think that um, the trajectory would have changed to make a different kind of machine that couldn't have something like that happen. (laughs) Like with a kill switch. Yeah, so what you're saying is I there wouldn't be podcasts. <gasps> Maybe. It would be like that so dragon movie. This where was the... pre-internet. So, Mary, just really quick, what do you think? I mean, I think at this point there would be so many people that were gun-shy to the idea of something like not becoming self-aware and like murdering people that I think everyone would go back to the stone age. Like they would go back to things that they knew that they could control because now they have no idea whether or not they'd be able to control technology because they've been, they were shown, I mean, everything down to, you know, electric carving knives were (laughs) able to be sentient. Literally anything. So they hadn't, they would have no idea what was safe and what was not safe. Yeah. See, that was my thought. It's like, I I really agree with the the thought process of, um, 
you can't go back to the Stone Age. Like, we, we've progressed too far. Mm-hmm. But I think they would definitely have a lot more pause. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and that's the point of the story. It's yeah. not, oh, well, we're too evolved to go to the thing. It's like, well, our comforts have made it so that the machines will fuck us in the ass. Exactly. And that's the moral no of the story. No matter what we do. That's why I wanted to say that. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, even though it's a fucking coked up, I, it's, I can't even say a thrill ride because it's a pretty slow movie. Yeah, surprisingly. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it has a, 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 it's base. It has a nugget of shit. What would this do to us if we actually did have this happen? And on that note, my refuse royalty, I do feel it is time to take maximum overdrive to Judgment Day. <laughs> Trash Queen, Jester of Junk. Yeah. I present before the council for judgment the movie Maximum Overdrive. Does this movie stay forever in the annals of the trash piles saved for future watching in the junk drawer? Or does it resign itself to the dumpster on fire sailed out to sea never to be seen again? (laughs) Trash Queen... I will yeah. start with your vote. Oh. Well, this is pretty obvious. I mean, what do you keep in a trunk drawer? You keep, like, maybe a Hot Wheels toy that's a little fucked up. Some Arby's sauce packets. Maybe a key fob thing from a diner you visited or a matchbook years ago. It goes in the junk drawer. Yeah. It's where it belongs. Honestly, I don't even have to elaborate on that. I This is definitely one of my favorite films from when I was a kid. My uncle showed it to me when I was a kid. Uh, and he was the one who loved a lot of films and one who got me into a lot of these things. So um, it's definitely a junk drawer for me. I won't say it's on the mantelpiece because it's definitely too rough around the edges for that. But yeah, let's save it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, theater goers of all ages, the movie Maximum Overdrive has been saved and placed into the junk drawer. Please watch it. Oh, it's so angelic here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, theater goers of all ages, Maximum Overdrive was saved and put into the junk drawer for future viewing. Please make sure you join us next time when we review, with the Refuse Royalty, the original Dungeons and Dragons, the movie. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Purveyors of Fine Filth. Please make sure you follow us on all of our social medias at Wandering Unicorn Productions. Should you have a movie that you would like the Refuse Royalty to rate and review, please email us at wanderingunicornproductions at gmail.com. We We made made you! you!